This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Steering wheel. Lots of steering wheel. Yeah. Welcome back inside the park for May for podcast number 778. This is Todd. No, Todd, not now. AKA Negative Camera. You know why I've asked you here. You must convince the villagers that I'm harmless. That's exactly what I need you to do tonight. For your kind consideration, we're going to review the Australian Grand Prix review. As always, we do this. You know how, uh, don't, you know. I think this is how we do this, typically. Um, we watch one, then we talk about it. Then we watch one, then we talk about it. Come on, Todd. Exactly. That's how we do this. Before doing that, I have to introduce my co-host tonight, which of course means... Wrecked from out of the wasteland. He's bad. He's beautiful. He's crazy. It's... Hello, everybody. This is Paul Charles, the, the international. Paul, how are you doing? Yeah, feeling pretty good, Todd. I, must I say. bet you are. Yeah, I bet yeah. you are. So well, shabby. Yeah, I bet. Uh, <laughs> I bet you're really excited because, ladies and gentlemen, if you did not know, the Heart of Racing, the team that Paul is the sporting manager for in the IMSA series, won the race in their class in Long Beach. Number one, Paul, that's got to be awesome feeling. I know it's been a tough start to the season. A couple uh, difficult ones, Daytona, Sebring, two very tough starts. To go to Long Beach and yeah. bring it home and, uh, with a win is great. And, and it's gutting because the other car, the sister car, in my humble opinion, was absolutely heading for a second-class win, a 1-1. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I had that incident with 30 minutes ago. That's gutting, but at least you got the win. Yes, yes, it was it was, it was a weird sensation, you know. With yeah. 30 minutes to go, we got one car in first place, the other cars in second, hunting down first place. And I'm like, oh, d- does a girl dare to dream, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and evidently not, because yeah, there was a little contact there when uh, Maxine was trying to get by the the BMW, and unfortunately, it did enough damage that the car then 
didn't have any steering left and collided with another wall when uh, his day was done. But yeah, mm. it could have been so easily one on one, which would have been sensational and, you know, very difficult. You know, as we know, the series is super competitive. So to yeah. actually have the opportunity of being in that position, you know, is something you dreamed about before the season started. But, yeah, um, right. and it was right there. And Long Beach, sensational. Um, event. I love Long Beach, and you know, obviously, we're a, you know big Formula One fan. And I remember reading my auto sports as a kid, you know, in the mid '70s, looking at those pictures of you know the Formula One cars going up and down the hill, and you know, Long Beach. We're there. It's not part actual part of the actual circuit design nowadays, but I always stayed ingrained in my brain. And I was we were doing our track walk, and Calvin Fish was walking along with us who does a lot of the commentary for uh u.s racing nowadays and i was telling him yeah do you remember you know we're seeing the Ligiers coming up and down that hill and as i said it's always been ingrained so long beach is always a bit, bit special even before i even came here but yeah. the long beach grand prix massive fans californians they, they 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 just come in the droves to this event so it's great to be a part of that and to to come away with the wind was uh just a, yeah it was super joyful you know so that's it's great. awesome yeah hey paul how tough is that track mm, yeah it's it's well it's definitely unique um and tough um you know obviously street circuits are always tough you, there's not a lot envelope for uh different interpretations of a corner you've got to get through it you've got to stay off the walls um but the key here is you've got to be able to get off the corners and get that traction down really important is to get the dampers and the suspension tuned right that you can ride over those fairly aggressive curbs and you have to drive across the curbs you've got to cut that corner across the curbs get any kind of lap time you cannot avoid them so you've got to make the car work over that um which you know leads to you you know you have to soften the suspension make the dampers work right going over the curbs but then also there's 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 regular corners too you've got to get the 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 downforce right and the settings right as well so doing that comp getting that compromise going is is difficult and you don't get a lot of time you get two practice sessions then you bang you're in qualifying so you really got to do your sums before you get there as well yeah brutal brutal well it's yeah. an awesome win for harder yeah. racing and um yeah i i uh, i i, I I stole your picture uh, that you posted of you with the trophy, and I yeah. tweeted that out on our Twitter account. You holding the uh, winner's trophy it was great image, great picture, and uh, yeah. So if if all of you out there are looking uh, for a team to cheer for, obviously uh, we're biased, but the Harder yeah. Racing is a great team. Aston Martin cars look terrific, and um, yeah, tough start. Come back with a win uh, and start to build some momentum, and and uh, let's hope. Yeah, what's what's yeah. the next race for you guys? Next race is Laguna Seca. So, Laguna. yeah, another classic, right? the course yes. another classic race, right? It yeah. just doesn't stop, really. <laughs> <laughs> I know. One great yeah. track after the next, really. Yeah. Well, that's that's a cool thing about it. Like, it. It is. It's just one great, you know, American track after the other, and yeah. Um, and they're all good, you know, uh, yeah. that they race at the, those yeah, tracks. Yeah, even get back, go back to Canada this year, finally. So, uh, Are you going to Mosport? Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. So. Cool. Yeah, great track. That's awesome. Well, yes. I know all the Formula One fans out there are going, uh, you know. Get to the show! <laughs> this is the show! This is the show, folks. Yeah. This is, uh, you know, we can celebrate Paul's uh, victories 
uh, whenever we want, and we should. So, all right. So, Paul, in between this weekend, did you happen to squeeze in the Formula One race from down under the great southern land that is Australia after two years absence, uh, putting 145,000 people there on Sunday, 400,000 over 400,000 in aggregate over the weekend? I would say our Aussie friends were ready to get out. Yeah, we were ready to see them too, weren't yeah, they? I we mean, were. they obviously were the first of the shutdown, and they, they it's been a start-stop thing trying to get this race in. Finally, um, it, it got green-lighted and and went through, and everyone came in to, yeah, it was a what electric kind of atmosphere there, which yeah. it usually is anyway, but even more so maybe this time. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. I thought Paul to see the teams trying to get on top of this, you know, heavily reprofiled circuit now. Uh, in resurface circuit mm-hmm. and it seemed like you know initial sort of narrative out of friday practice saturday morning practice was you know maybe some graining issues on friday that they thought they were getting on this circuit mm-hmm. um didn't quite seem to appear as evident on sunday although there was some graining but maybe not as much i don't know as it was earlier in the weekend but it seemed you know you could say well it's track you know, uh, betting in and that kind of thing. It could be, it was new track surface reprofiled to be much faster. I think, uh, you know, it was around 150 miles an hour average lap time. Um, But it did kind of seem that the teams kind of struggle with that setup from Friday and then into Sunday. Uh, It seemed like maybe they were on the back foot with this reprofiled track surface and the tire where they were kind of dealing with. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've, they've got a lot of things they're still learning, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's not just that they're, they're coming to Australia with their previous car. They're coming yeah, with right. a new tire, with a new rule package, and then they're coming to a new Australian Grand Prix that they don't have any data of right. anymore. You know, it's, it's one thing. As I always say, when I get to a racetrack, if I know the car or I know the track, then you can get up to speed pretty quick. But when you go to a new track in a new car, that's different. Yeah. And, and this is basically they've gone to a new tra- track, they have some data obviously definitely with a new car and with a whole different rules package so so if you we're going to see a lot of this as the year goes on till we get to maybe mid-season when everyone everything starts to sell down they really get to understand these cars and how they work during the race weekend better yeah i agree with you i think uh i think you know i I was kind of anticipating we'd see track specific performance gains across Mm -hmm. the field um some tracks will flatter some teams uh more than others and vice versa um i still think we're going to see that i agree with you paul um the one thing though that we have seen and people people who are uh longtime listeners know i'm a a ferrari fan i have been my whole life so i'm not saying this out of a, a sense of bias I'm just saying this, that we've seen three different races now, Paul, on three different types of tracks, mm-hmm. three different track surfaces. And one wonders if it is time to suggest that Ferrari are the clear team to beat in 2022. It seems to be the full package. Reliability, well-balanced, fast and qualifying, but equally fast and long-run race pace. Do you think mm-hmm. they've, you know, after three races, this is a fair assessment? I think that is a fair assessment. And I, I think, you know, it, they were unlucky not to maybe win all three races at this yeah. point. And, you know, I think Max and Red Bull were punching above their weight just a little bit where their car actually is in comparison to actually, you mm. know, pull pull a win out. But, uh, yeah, I think um, they definitely got everything 
right and a good car is a good car usually works well everywhere I, I think we'll probably see a point you know where one of the other two whether it be red bull or mercedes do do get one over on the ferrari but right now i think the margin is pretty you know in formula one standards yeah pretty, pretty large stiff. that even mm -hmm. if they're not quite on the button they've still got a little bit in hand that the other teams can't can't get to yet yeah. There were a couple of key moments or talking points that I made notes of. The first one was the decision to add a fourth DRS zone. And then that was scuttled at the last minute in favor mm -hmm. of three. I think Alonzo was heavily involved in those discussions. And it was interesting because there was an interview with Pat Simmons at F1 who said that it was unfortunate they they because that they did away with the fourth because what they intended to do was to use two zones to catch up to the to the leading cars and then two zones to actually make the pass mm -hmm. so tactically when they laid the drs zones out and the length of the zones and the detection points that was their intent right uh, i mean it's DRS. I, I yes drs you know i'm not going to get too deep into the, the but you know i mean I, as we said last time it was like bring if you can have drs zones and have them everywhere so that yeah. everyone does get the chance if they get passed to be able to repass i don't really want i don't think that it's if he's putting it that way then i think that's wrong you don't put four drs zones so someone can then catch up over one half a lap of the yeah. track and then finally be able to get make the pass at the end of the second half of the lap uh, yeah i i would i would want four zones so you could pass repass rather than it takes four zones to actually make right. a pass and i don't think you know, as the as the race bore on that they it was it was necessary um right. maybe it's it you took away the cat and mouse thing we've seen the past couple of races um so it was a bit more maybe it did true, but we ended I up think. Out of the three, Paul, we had two detection. We had two DRS zones and one detection point. You know, yeah, that's so, what I don't like. I don't like yeah, the one yeah, detection, yeah. two DRS. I, I think, yeah, yeah, I, I don't because like that at all. I in think. those cases, you have uh, just throwing out examples. So let's say it's it's Lewis and another car, mm -hmm. um, and so Lewis, uh, let's say he gets passed. So you go over the detection zone. And, uh, you know, the car is within a second and then you get to the first DRS, um, you get to pass. And because there's another car in front, then, it, it, well, it doesn't have to be. You get to pass, Lewis, but then the second zone, you get to you use get to DRS away, again. Right. You get to yeah. pull away, right? So, yeah, and, it, and it's supposed to yeah. emulate slipstreaming. And I, 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 don't get me wrong, but I believe technically you can't slipstream ahead of somebody. Yeah, right. Right. right so, right. so it's it's really adding the fakeness to it because you know if if you if you use the first DRS zone to catch up and you're still behind and then you detect again and then you make the pass then I guess that's that's what they want. But definitely, I'm vehemently against DRS in yeah. general. But definitely, you shouldn't be ahead, make the pass, and then be able and to then pull, pull away. away. Exactly. Yeah, that, no yeah. it's tough. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else did I have? Uh, clearly, Red Bull were struggling with issues throughout the weekend, and particularly with Max's car. He was never really comfortable in the car, while Perez seemed happier with his, ultimately leading to... Do you like my face? you like it? Yes, Sergio, we do. I got to yeah. think that that's, some of that's just down to... I mean, I'm kind of thinking that the way they went with the setup on Max's car, they were struggling with some issues. We'll get into later, but I'm kind of thinking that this car has more understeer 
this weekend anyway, and maybe in mm. general, that Sergio can manage that Max typically likes a more pointy car and mm -hmm. a little loose. And I'm wondering if that's not kind of the reason Sergio is sort of coming to life this year. Yeah, it could be. I mean, I, I thought the the Red Bull is actually kind of pointy when we were seeing it in preseason, et cetera. I thought that mm -hmm. was kind of its advantage. Maybe at this track, it, it, it didn't go that way. Maybe they're trimming it out so much to to get the straight line speed or whatever it is that they you know the that that part of the car is not kind of coming to a fore at this kind of track obviously they they smoothed out the curves it was a pretty fast track there wasn't a lot of stop and start to it so you yeah. need, definitely needed a car that could you know do well at the top end and and so yeah maybe just the setup that had to happen here to make the car fast didn't suit max's style he, he likes to attack and um, there wasn't that many of those types of turns here anymore. They've definitely smoothed those right. edges off. Right. Yeah. And, you know, there, as we mentioned, there are track-specific performance gains that teams mm -hmm. will get. But at first blush, I was watching this weekend. I was wondering, you know, coming out of Friday and looking at their pace. And then on Saturday, I was thinking, wait a minute. Have McLaren, you know, they may have made a bit of a performance jump here by curing maybe some of their braking issues they were having given their mm -hmm. pace on Friday and Saturday. Um, so much so that I was kind of curious to see if they had potentially leapfrogged Mercedes, given the struggle that Mercedes, as it turns out, I was dead wrong. Mercedes right. still had the pace over McLaren. But, uh, but you know, coming out of Friday, that's, that's what I'm saying. Out of Friday and Saturday was one story. Sunday seemed to be a different. You know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely yeah. there, there, should, there wasn't much dag or anything with the tires by the time Sunday came around. Yeah. So um, yeah. obviously, as we saw with Albon, you know, if there was yeah, right. issues there, that never, that could never have happened. So, yeah, um, yeah, McLaren have made, made a big jump in a very quick time. Um, Mercedes aren't as abysmal either right now. So both those teams have actually, are making gains. They just started from pretty far back, a lot further yeah. back than they were ready for. So yeah. we'll, we'll see. But yeah, they, I think they, they both should be happy with, their progress, but I still think they've still got a big issue that they need to solve to have a chance of winning a race. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's talk about the races that finish. We'll start with Ferrari, Charles Leclerc, P1, Carlos Sainz, DNF. Uh, Charles had a good start, stayed ahead of Max, and then proceeded to put out, uh, pull out a considerable gap until the virtual safety car and eventual safety car periods. There were two safety car restarts, and the second one saw some, was the one that saw some real pressure. You know, Charles made a little bit of a mistake on the restart. Uh, Max put some serious pressure on him, uh, but Charles managed to hold him off, uh, stay in the lead, then pulled out another considerable gap to take the win. Uh, the first grand slam, if you will, for Ferrari since 2010. Um, and it was interesting to me, Paul, to see the considerable amount of porpoising that the Ferrari still has down the straights. Mm. But when they enter the braking zone, it just instantly goes away. And Set it rather, down, yeah. yeah, and it rather, it disappears rather quickly. Mm -hmm. And they can turn in with a lot of good speed, hold that down force, manage those turns far better than the Mercedes or other cars that are porpoising as much. I'm not sure what kind of, you know, wizardry is involved in that <laughs> and black magic, but it is pretty amazing to see yeah i don't i can't i can't tell you how they how they're doing it or how they're making it work they're, everyone's obviously still dealing with the porpoising issue and and balance etc but you know if you can lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Maybe it looks a bit worse than it actually is in the vehicle, perhaps. But once, if you can get the car on the brakes and get it settled down, you know, then obviously they've figured out a way of once the car's in the retardation stage that it really is planted and, and not yeah. liable to start keep bouncing around, et cetera. It's more a aero imbalance rather than everything not working together in sync, you know? Yeah. And what, you know, this wasn't just uh, uh, Charles sort of eking out a win like he did or like, uh, um, you know, close run thing like it was in Saudi Arabia and him this time right. eking out the win. This was dominant. I mean, Lots of pace in hand, managing his tires, managing his gap, managing the race. Just Red Bull had no answer for him. Yeah. Um, so a great drive from him. Um, and a guy who, quite honestly, um, it just, I mean, he's, he's all in. I mean, he's driving incredibly well. He's driving great. I mean, I think he always was driving great. You know, it's, he was. it's what are you fighting with? I mean, I, I remember yeah. I sit, hearing on the commentary is like, oh, he's 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 learned how to lead from the front and and how to manage a race. I, I'm not so sure he never could. You know, he yeah. just didn't have the tool to show that that skill off. I mean, right. you know, with the first two years he was in a learning phase, but I think you know when Vettel came to the team and you know he he showed what skills he has um, in racecraft and in speed. And right. now he's able to use a car that's he's got a little bit ahead of everybody and, and be able to calm down a little bit. And at that point, it, it nearly makes you faster. Right? Yeah, so, right, yeah. right. So it's good for Carlos. He got caught out by the red flag mm. during qualifying. And this was an absolute spiral. It just got bigger and bigger all the weekend long. Um, this red flag caught him out from setting that uh, uh, fast lap. He looked on pace, looked as quick as, as Charles did. Um, and this left him starting back in ninth. So the team tried a different strategy with him, started him on the hard compounds. Unfortunately, he got a bad start, lost a few positions, then tossed it off the island into the sand and beached it for a DNF. Uh, with cold tires, yeah. and it's it's one of those things, Paul. It's just an unfortunate sort of circumstance mm -hmm. that started on Saturday and snowballed into Sunday, and now you know, unfortunately, he's in a very tough situation for him. And one, quite honestly, you and I talked about when he first announced he was going to Ferrari, you and I talked about it. I was worried about this. I spoke about it on the podcast when he signed for Ferrari, you know, if he doesn't start winning quickly, he is going to be relegated to wingman position and Ferrari have no bones about doing that. They will, yeah, they will prioritize, they. Yeah. they will prioritize Leclerc really quickly. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so Carlos, I, you know, I'm not even sure if it isn't too late to not be prioritized, you know? Yeah, I think he's going to have to be very lucky or Charles is going to have to be unlucky to put him back in that window yeah. of some kind of equal footing on strategy because right yeah. now, I mean, when was the last time Ferrari won a world championship? Yeah, uh, let's see, it was 07, wasn't it? So it's been a long time. Yeah. From what I remember. So they're not going to let anything go away in order to be fair. They yeah. need to do everything they can to give Charles as big a cushion. You don't know when Mercedes or Red Bull are really no. coming. So you need to make, like, remember when the Braun days, right? They, yep. they started off with an advantage, but soon enough, things turned around and they were not dominating or even winning anymore. And they, and they squeaked it through to win the championship by the end, just by staying competitive, or even though they weren't competitive enough to win anymore. So, yeah. Um, they, they they need to score as much as they can while they have the advantage and they can they need to call it they do actually need to call it right now because of that because yeah they do not know what those other teams are going to have in hand as they go along and carlos right. has put himself in that position unfortunately he was a little bit behind you know not far off at all but just being behind inevitably starts everyone making those thoughts and decisions and after that weekend and how much of a a lead Charles has certainly over his second rival and over science. I think Ferrari have to make that decision right now and make hay while the sun shines while Charles has that advantage. And Carlos is just going to have to suck it up. I'm afraid. Yeah. Yeah. He ain't going to like it. No. And this, this is why after the first and second race, he was so, being so negative, you know, so down mm-hmm. and everybody's like, well, you were on the podium. You're in third place. And I was like, you know, that's not, yeah, see, but Carlos knows, he knows, he works for that team. He knows that he had to perform and the pressure is so high at Ferrari Mm -hmm. that right now could be his season pretty much done and he could be relegated to the bonus role at this point already, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not. I think the world of Carlos, I think he's awesome, but uh, I just know Ferrari and, you know, having followed it and yep. so i think you're and right it, yeah, I, was, I don't know what happened to him i mean obviously we know what happened he was in his mind i'm sure he was you know panicking a little bit especially yeah. when he was moving backwards after the start it's one thing to start ninth another thing yeah. to end lap one 14th yeah and there, there was some serious issues with tire prep on that car on that hard tire because other other people started on hard tire. They didn't have as big an issue right. on getting up to speed. So he didn't get the tires prepared properly. And when you're starting ninth, you know, you're being gobbled up by everybody. And yeah. so he went back, you know, he got a bad start. He didn't get the car up, tires working. So he kept falling further and further back. And, and, and he just held that steering wheel too tight and made the outside move, ran out in where he shouldn't, the place of no return, basically, in that left-hander yep. and got beached. And that's that's the end. That's that's the big mistake, right? And uh, yeah. it, as you said, it's going to pay against him for the rest of the season, probably, at this point. Yeah. And watch that space because, um, you know, some drivers will not like it, but they'll kind of go into that role. Think Perez last year. Think Botas for seven years, mm-hmm. eight years, or whatever it has been. Yeah. Barrichello. Some drivers will 
fall into that role. They're not happy about it, but they they understand. Other drivers don't handle it well. Think Alonzo at McLaren, Lewis at McLaren when they were teammates. You know, some drivers don't like being put in that box, and no. it doesn't bode well. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, how Carlos handles it. So mm-hmm. watch this space. It could could be, you know, some intra team friction there. We'll see. Um, Red Bull. Sergio Perez, P2, Verstappen, Max Verstappen, DNF. Perez had a good start, got balked behind his teammate, allowing Hamilton to get past him, but he did get back around the Mercedes. During the pit stops, George Russell benefited from a safety car box, um, uh, which is a free stop, and got around Sergio. He had to pass George. Uh, Sergio's race was basically spent passing Mercedes <laughs> instead of fighting Ferraris, right? Yeah. And having the reliability and performance as well as tire management to finish second uh, after Max retired, which is kind of a hallmark of Sergio. So he did have reliability. He managed his tires well, came home in second place, did a good job to get back around those Mercedes. But I have to think, Paul, at this point, that's not exactly what Red Bull thought they would be doing. They thought they'd be fighting Ferraris, not defending from Mercedes. Yeah, and, and that just shows you how important those starts are, right? I mean, yeah. you know, he, he fell back one spot. If he'd have gone through turn one behind Max, I'm sure he would have stayed stayed in contact. And when Max fell out, he would have been a lot closer to the Ferrari. But fighting with the Mercedes constantly through the race, just putting back and back and back. It was obvious the car was faster than the Mercedes, but you still doesn't mean they're just going to wave you by. They're going to fight yeah. tooth and nail, which they did. So every time you're stuck behind a car that's a little slower than you, the the, the cars in front are just pulling away and, and there was nothing you could do about it. But I think yeah. uh, they were fortuitous for him to actually come out with all as many points as he did, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was a good, uh, good, you know, if he had to pick up the the baton and run with it, he did. Yeah. Um, yeah so it was good. Uh, Max was running comfortably in second, but didn't have the pace to reel in Charles. Um, unfortunately, um, Max did make a decent effort, like I mentioned, at that second safety car restart, but fell back, lacking the pace to keep the pressure on until the team told him to stop with an engine issue that is suggested that was some sort of fuel leak, some sort of fuel mm-hmm. issue. They already had some other issue, was whether it was hydraulic or um, some issue before the race. Max was concerned about even making it through the race, um, and the team were you know, frantically kind of working on the car before they grilled it up in the formation lap Mm -hmm. um but if i don't know if this is true but i've read today that there was some sort of fuel uh maybe a a fuel line issue or something um and who knows because if you remember on the team radio the team told him to pull over pull over and make sure you stop somewhere where there's a fire marshal or a marshal with a fire extinguisher Right, right. Suggesting that it probably could be fuel, and the team knew it, you know? Yeah, and he was uh, desperately looking for something, too. Yeah, I mean, obviously, got all these sensors on the car, and they know if there's some kind of leak because there's, a, you know, something will be high pressure is what the sensor sending out, you know, something low pressure, which kind of signifies that there's the fuel's going somewhere else other than where it should be going. Yeah. Um, so that's how they, they, they detect those things. It's, it's yeah, it's surprising, you know, the, the, the Honda engine from last year is now the Red Bull. You wouldn't have thought there was going to be a lot of technical issues. There shouldn't be a lot of changes. Realistically, you're expecting that the Red Bull engine team are just kind of carrying on where the Honda left off and not having to redesign everything 
um, but maybe with the redesign of the with the new rules has had to make them do some things quite different than they had last year so that they're, they're having to get their heads around yeah. that and adapt to it it's a I good don't point know. yeah it's a good point you raise paul because you know this if this was just the engine from last year they didn't have these issues right. so now that they're sort of in control of the red bull powertrain department um they're still have at former honda people working there what changed right why are they having to manage heat problems what what would have changed in the mm -hmm. regulations that made them change the engine um you know one would argue that perhaps it was done for performance gains and hopefully they have that but as it stands now max is you know really on his back foot he two dnfs and three races has put him behind the eight ball and to recover is going to be really tough without some sort of attrition from Ferrari, who doesn't really show any signs of reliability issues as of yet. Correct. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it, we haven't seen the engine let go. It's been all the auxiliary yeah. issues, right? So if, for me, it feels like it's something to do with the packaging. Yeah. Um, where with the redesign, the new rules, they've had to repackage. They got obviously it. The lump sits in there normal, but everything else is probably quite different than than yeah. last year to make make use of the ground effects and move things around and, and make things as quick as they can. And maybe there's some issues there that they didn't have enough time to work through and they're finding the little gremlins as they go along. Maybe instead of that fuel line being straight, they had to use one of those like a straw, the curly straws, you know. Yeah, they, yeah, or something. a couple of elbows. Oh, we got this. Yeah. Yeah, we're about eight inches off. We'll just put a little bendy piece in here. It'll yeah. be fine. Somebody yeah. give me some plumber's tape. <laughs> yeah, so it didn't quite work. All right, let's talk about uh, Mercedes, shall we? Oh, yeah. Get down. So, uh, Mercedes, Lewis, and ha Lewis Hamilton in P4, George Russell in P3. Uh, Lewis had a good start, jumped Perez, then spent the day battling the Mexican for position. He was unable to hold Sergio off and then lost another position to his teammate who benefited from that free stop under the safety car. Um, Lewis said the team put him in a difficult position, and I, you know, I, I didn't know what he meant there, and then he kind of walked that statement back with some with some sort Tony of words yeah stuff. it was like a word salad you know he put together <laughs> yeah. there and it's something about overheating the engine and then he couldn't push and couldn't you know so anyway uh, you know, i'm not quite sure what the intent was there but um he actually looked good during qualifying and then come the race i thought i mean let's be honest i mean he was wringing the neck of that car mm -hmm. trying to get it up there and um you know, it had some decent pace given the deficit that they're down. The best I can tell, I was reading an article by uh, uh, the veteran Mark Hughes, a great guy, great F1 journalist. And he kind of laid out what he thought the deficit was. And I kind of tend to agree with him. I read that article and it did make sense. It, they're somewhere between six and eight tenths off a lap. Mm -hmm. And I think they still are, you know. Um and I think maybe Red Bull's issues this weekend sort of, as Mark put it, sort of made Mercedes look better than they really are. Right, right. I mean, the, yeah, considering where they are to Ferrari, they're <clears throat> yeah. just as far back as they were the other last two races. It's just, right. yeah, Red Bull came back to them a little bit is what they're trying yeah. to say, right? Yeah, so exactly. it's probably true. You know, yeah. they got one Ferrari wasn't up there at the beginning, so that helps. And then you've just got the, the two Red Bulls, and so... Yeah, I don't. I don't know if they've. I think they're better, but they they've still got a fundamental piece 
of a puzzle that they haven't found the solution for. They're looking around the floor. Is it the one that looks like the giraffe? No, that's not (laughs) it. Has it got yellow on it? No. Right. Well, and it is, you know, you've got the engine issues, right? At Aston Martin, you know, you got uh, heat issues, uh, Williams and Mercedes, and even the Mercedes team, you know, trying to keep the engines cool. You know, like Red Bull, you know, Alpha Tauri has several engine issues. You know, it just makes you wonder what's going on there. And, you know, it's and and I don't think it's just one thing, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's what Lewis is calling for. I mean, he was, you know, look, he's saying we really need to fix this and fix it like right now, meaning he knows, you know, Red Bull, they've stubbed their toe, two DNFs in three races. Max is down considering the points. You have George Russell second in the driver's <laughs> championship and you have Mercedes second in the constructors. So if you're Lewis, you're saying, guys, you know, I know you're working your tails off, but we really, really need to fix this because yeah. right now we're in the catbird seat of trying to take the battle to Ferrari. Right. They've been lucky to, yeah. to be in that position. They haven't earned it technically. You yeah. know, it's it's come come like a little present in their hands and it's probably right and they're they're not through where they are actually in the competition level right now they're definitely third and a little bit way back in third so yeah Yeah, damage limitation as they always say and uh but but no no time to with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opry ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. Expect those presence to continue to be sent here yeah right and lewis knows that he's been around a long time uh Mm -hmm. he knows this is a brief window to capitalize on attrition and reliability or you know issues and they're doing Mm -hmm. it but now they got to accelerate that uh george lucky bunny uh having benefited from that free stop during the safety car period allowing him to jump up to fourth then third with max's retirement um as with all f1 races some benefit from the safety car and some lose every time one is deployed Mm -hmm. um and this time it was george's turn to benefit and the podium uh, he made it on the podium. That moved him into second place in the Drivers' Championship, if you can believe it. Um, you have to think George is going to be all over the team to cure their ills by Imola, uh, yeah. you know, and keep his second place battle with the leader Charles Leclerc. But I suspect if they do cure their ills by Imola, Lewis will absolutely have an answer. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're both they're both great drivers, and if they have right. the answer, then they'll both be fighting 
Oh yeah, for those positions. But yeah, I'm sure when George joined Mercedes, he he probably maybe even expected to be second in championship at this point, but didn't expect <laughs> who was ahead of him and who was behind right. him. Yeah. Right, right, right. He probably thought he'd be second, but behind Lewis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, McLaren, Lando Norris P5, Dan Ricciardo P6. Uh, Lando didn't have the best of starts. Came back through the. Battled his, uh, battled the Mercedes quite a bit. Uh, you know they were really hoping they could try to stay ahead of the Mercedes ultimately, and they just didn't have the pace in the end uh, to fight with the Mercedes. But he did manage to keep the local boy, Dan Ricardo, behind him and came home in fifth. He said that's about as good as they could do. I would say it's as good as they could do, and a lot better than we expected. Yeah, yeah. As, yeah. Uh, once again, you know they've they've turned it around. They've made quite a big gain considering how terrible they were yeah you know uh at the beginning of the year and although it's still the beginning of the year that's and doing it remotely that's yeah. you know they're solving these issues while they're riding on planes and putting things <laughs> yeah. on boats so right um i think you know maybe they did know what the fix was and i think the fix is is coming on for them i think they're a lot closer to solving their issues than mercedes are actually yeah that's i'm wondering yeah mm-hmm. uh dan scored, scored his first points of the season in front of a adoring crowd uh but didn't have the pace to challenge lando for fifth so he struggled on he said he struggled on the hard compounds uh during the second stint and then they kind of came back to him a little bit towards the end but uh finished in p6 and uh man the crowd was elated to see Dan uh, and uh, lots of energy around Dan Ricardo. So uh, not a bad weekend for him. Yeah. Who doesn't like Daniel Ricardo? You know, who doesn't? I yeah. Know. He's, he's, he's a good guy. He's, you know, I mean, he was right on the tail of Lando. So that's, that's helpful. Even yeah. if he's not ahead of him, at least he's not out of the ballpark and getting lapped by him or what, you know, there's not a big right. gap and Lando isn't head and shoulders above. So I think important for, Ricardo to catch up, and now next thing is to stop beating them again. You know that's right. And he kept the uh, kept the Alpines off the back of him. Get off now! Right, <laughs> kept that going for him. Yep. Um, so that's good. Yeah. So Dan, uh, Netflix are real buttons, aren't they? Yes, Dan, they are. All right. Let's talk <laughs> about Alpine. Uh, Fernando Alonso P17, Esteban Ocon P7. Alonso started on the hard compound, and he was and he was running long. So he didn't box under the first safety car period because that would have been way too many laps for his medium tires, right? So his mm-hmm. strategy was pretty much cemented that part. Couldn't box during that first one. He was running really well, well up in the order. Um, he looked like in qualifying. Oh, my gosh. You know, he was putting out a fantastic uh, run on Saturday. But um, running well up in the order. Uh, when he did stop, though, he lost a lot of ground and fist, a fistful of positions. Um, he stopped again late, which dropped him down to 17th. It's a real shame, Paul, because, I mean, he was putting in a, an incredible lap on Saturday when the gearbox uh, wouldn't change and put him in the wall. Mm-hmm. And then he gets to the race and just got hung up by the safety car, didn't help his strategy, ends up down at 17th. I clearly think he would have been 7th, 8th place yeah still not where he wants to be mind you no. but um yeah i mean i think the strategy killed him more than anything right the, yeah. the hard tire strategy maybe you should have done what album didn't just stay out there forever yeah yeah um but uh well yeah once you did a second stop that's that's pretty nice yeah, the coffee at that point yeah, pretty sure. much must have been um, an issue have to do that 
Yeah. Ocon boxed before the safety car lost ground, but he did manage to come back through and score decent points. Um, that's, uh, you know, for Esteban, folks, that's three races and three points scoring results for Esteban. So that's not all bad. Um, I'm not quite sure if this track flattered the Alpine a little bit. Uh, or if they're making genuine gains, time will tell. But they did seem to be a little resurgent here. Yeah, time will tell. Yeah, yeah. with these these guys, we they they where do they where they yeah. where are they? I know. And I think we've been asking this question for like three years. You know, where are they actually? Mm -hmm. Are they? At least sometimes they're hot, sometimes they're cold. Um, for a team of that ilk, they need to be in the McLaren yes. pace every week every week and they're not and sometimes yeah sometimes they are obviously but um yeah the, the, the consistency of of alpine is always in question yeah unfortunately yeah. agreed uh alfa romeo valtteri bodas and uh p8 uh joguan up 11 so bodas missed q3 for the first time in over 100 races uh but he did he had some great battles on track to be mm -hmm. fair to valtteri um and always in the hunt for points climbed his way back up into the top 10 finished eighth so you know not a bad race for him and and to be honest with you while there wasn't a lot going on at the sharp end of this race uh, there's a lot of great midfield battles uh, in and many of them uh, at the hands of valtteri bodas so a good race for yeah. him. yeah now he got a bad start right he dropped back a few spots yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so i i think yeah i think that Alfa Romeo is pretty handy, and I think Botas is doing a pretty darn good job in it, really. Yeah. Um, not known for his street fighting um, skills, but um, yeah, to come come back as far as bad as started it was, yeah. and and to come back and he definitely was fighting and fighting and fighting. I, it, there really wasn't anywhere forward to go from there, really, with the McLarens just up ahead, right? So and, yeah. and the Alpine, I guess, maybe was probably definitely doable for him if he hadn't. Put himself on the back foot so early in the race right, but right. yeah i think that and then this track um not super easy to pass on so you know i think i think they're gonna have better races than this even you know once they get out in the open and in a track yeah. where you can really ring the car lap after lap yeah yeah uh joe had a decent race going once again and on the last lap he saw Albon came out right in front of him uh, and so he tried to make the move on Alex, but couldn't get around him because uh, Alex had, you know, he's freshly shot tires mm -hmm. uh, with new tires, uh, and uh, and Alex ends up in P10. But uh, uh, but look, hey, you know, in three races, P11 is Joe's worst finish this year. I mean, so yeah. this young man is doing a terrific job. And, you know, I'm eating crow because I was wondering, well, why wouldn't Alpha just call it Mick Schumacher, you know, and instead of taking Joe and a pain drive and all that. But he's doing a great job, Paul. No, he is. He is. He's not doing any. We haven't seen him do anything silly yet. And no. we've seen him have, have to make passes and get them done and, and work yeah. in traffic and qualify well and race well. And, yeah, you can't. You wouldn't. If you're alpha, you couldn't ask for more than how he's yeah. performed so far. You know, we yeah. saw with um, Yuki, you know, came in with a bit more higher trumpets raising with Yuki's, you know, this. But um, I think Joe, one of the the next new rookie, is actually uh, doing a much better job and got, yeah. a, got a strong head on his shoulders. Yeah, a little more measured in his mm -hmm. approach, and it's good. Uh, speaking of Alpha Tauri, Pierre Gasly, P9, Yuki Sonoda, P15 down there. Whoa. Mm. That's, um, 
Well, that's tough. Not good enough, damn it! Not good enough! So, both Pierre and Yuki boxed before the safety car. That didn't help matters, sending them down the order. Pierre did fight his way back up, though, into the field. He's had some good passes on the way to haul himself up into the points. Uh, pretty inspired drive from where he was to get back up to P9, to be honest with you. Uh, kind of mired down there in uh, the back. And uh, Yuki had a tougher day uh, saying he lacked pace all day. Um, the team need to understand why that is. And uh, it was very difficult to keep up with the other cars in DRS. And that's an interesting conundrum in and of itself that I have to unpack in my head. But, um, yeah, quite a disparity there uh, for AlphaTauri. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, this isn't kind of where I saw them finishing, but who knew? No, no, didn't see them. They've been pretty handy recently. Yeah. So yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. But, uh, Yuki, Yuki's keeping on the rope and not really doing anything special. And Gasly's ringing that thing for dear life. Still. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Williams, normally I would leave this to the end of the podcast, but not this week. Alex Albon, P10, Nicholas Latifi, P16, again for Nicholas Latifi. Not good enough, damn it, yes. not good enough. Um, Latifi boxed early but struggled to get the life out of his hard compounds. He said he had lots of graining, so he boxed again, and that plumbed down the order, finishing P16. But the real story is here, uh, well, I mean, in the end, you could say the real story about Nicholas was... That's strange. I wonder what's causing all the accidents. Yeah, isn't the accidents, but... The big story, Paul, is that Alex started on the hard compounds, made them last for 57 of the 58 (laughs) laps at a race. I -hmm. thought for a minute he was going to pull a Schumacher and actually box and pull into the pits, crossing the finish line, right? But uh, But you're not allowed to do that anymore. No, you can't do that anymore, right? the Schumacher rule for that. Yeah, you kind of ruined it for everyone else. Uh, (laughs) But anyway... 57 of the 58 laps, Williams pulled off a good pit stop on the last lap, put on new soft compounds. Uh, He was able to hold off Joe for P10. And let's be honest, he had a fantastic drive set in competitive times, mind you, uh, when he was at the sharper end of the grid. When he didn't box and he was running up, what, six sevenths? in that area, he mm-hmm. was setting pretty competitive times with the leaders at that point in time uh, and ends up the, finishing the race only about four seconds off the McLaren. Um, and, I mean, it was just a fantastic call. Yes, it took attrition to get beaten, but still a great call by the team and a terrific inspired drive by Alex. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, whether it was for 11th or 12th, it was still an inspired strategy call, you yeah. know, Um Getting some points out of it, wow! That is yeah. that is really exciting for that team to do that. Go to really go work as a team and work on that strategy. And Alex work on that strategy in the car the whole race. As right. you say, stay competitive, make keep the tires from under you. That that says a lot about his skills and and the, the team are starting to understand how to actually use their vehicle. Um, can you imagine what that pit stop was like? Okay, yeah. we, I mean, and how they're judging it. You know, should we yeah. come in the last lap? Should it be the lap before that? They're obviously dr- judging where the traffic is, and and the, came to the conclusion he had to just keep running till the end to actually beat Joe out of the of the pit exit, and that's exactly what it did. It must have been deflating for Joe, but um, yeah, great, great for Alex to get something out right. of it. Well, Alex had to put in a quality lap on his in lap and his out lap to make mm-hmm. that work. You know, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine on the on the 
colder tires. Remember yeah. the, the temps, you know, the blankets aren't as hot this year. So you're going out into turn one with, with your tires ready to go at two or three turns. And so that, that could have easily gone awry. Yeah, yeah. Great job by Alex. Um, let's see. Now we are down to Aston Martin. Ah! Um, brutal weekend for this team. Lance Stroll, P12, Sebastian Vettel, DNF. A very tough and expensive weekend for Aston Martin. Uh, two crashes on Saturday and another one on Sunday. The team, it must be said, the team did a terrific job getting those cars ready for Sunday, uh, but didn't have the performance to get into the points. Um, Okay, it was Vettel's first weekend back in F1. Missed the first two races due to COVID. And uh, he ends up crashing on Saturday. And then he had another crash on Sunday. Um, Not exactly what you'd expect for a four-time champ. He said, hey, the lack of race experience in this car didn't help him. And I completely understand (sighs) that. But Nico Hulkenberg just drove that car with zero experience in testing or anything else in that yeah. car for two races and didn't bend it twice. Uh, right. I, I still th- I think the COVID thing still it, it can it affects people. Remember when Stroll yeah. came back? Yeah. I mean, even when Hamilton came back. Right. You know, they may right. think everything's perfect. I still think there's a little bit missing. And when you're driving these cars on the limit at the speeds they're going with what the precision they have to do. One little thing that isn't quite syncing up, I really think it throws you off. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, Judge, we've we've seen Vettel make mistakes. Yeah. Um, but I think, I really think that it may have had something to do with that. I think there needs to be a bit more time to recover your brain and get it back working properly in order to be able to drive a Formula One car at that point. Right. Um, disaster for the team as you say, financially, not just in results, but oh, financially yeah. with the, with the cap spend, you know, mm-hmm. how is, how is this going to affect them? You know, three quarters of the way down the season when they've had to spend a, a lot of their money up right at the beginning when they really want to spend that money on development. Yeah. Yeah. Brutal. And Lance, you know, he had a tough day, three pit stops, got a penalty for weaving while defending from uh, Valtteri uh, that yeah. left him out of the points. Uh, absolutely a weekend to forget. The team did go- do a good job, so kudos to them. Uh, but the drivers, both of them, really struggled. So Yeah, uh, a little desperation in Stroll's driving there, obviously. Yeah, 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 exactly, trying to make something happen. And so clearly Crack has a lot of work to do there. So Yeah. Whew, there you go. Yeah, Berger says he, 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 does, he doesn't have the skills, yeah, so we'll see what right. happens, right? That's what a glowing cool. endorsement for Gerhard about Mike Crack. It was like, yeah, ooh, with friends like that, who needs enemas, right? Yeah. Yeah. Brutal. Um, all right, down to Haas F1. Uh, Mick Schumacher P13, Kevin Magnussen P14. Both Haas cars were fighting all day in the midfield. Kevin started on the hard compounds, running well into the top 10, got caught out by the safety car. That dropped him backwards into the clutches of his teammate Schumacher. I wasn't sure at the time. I was thinking by the radio broadcast, something you know, they were saying to Mick, you know, yeah, you know, good race on the left, you know, it's, you know, good teammate. Kevin's a good teammate. He goes, yeah, he's a good teammate. I, and so I kind of got the impression that maybe Kevin let Mick go around because he was faster, but then everything I've read suggested that no, you know, Mick, just the German, you know, got ahead of him and, and mm. had more pace. Um, so I'm not quite sure exactly what happened. If he, if he just, Clearly, was faster than than Kevin. Got around him yeah. and won it on merit or not. 
Yeah, hard to say. I mean, Kevin's yeah. not. Uh, well, they're fighting for. They're not fighting for points yeah, at that point. Right, Kevin, right. Otherwise, Kevin would would be fighting like a lion. But um, yeah, yeah, right. You know, they both ended up making mistakes during the race to put them further back. You know, Kevin nearly nearly did a, a science, yeah. and then uh, yeah. Mick went off as well. So I think they were further back than maybe the car's capability was. Um, they've they've been very handy at the beginning of the year. Um, do they still have that? I, Maybe you know, maybe, yeah. maybe they can't. They can't repeat that performance every every race weekend right. that, that Magnussen's been doing. But anyway, right. um, well, Mick yeah. had those close calls with signs coming back on the track in front of him, right? Yeah, and then Yuki sort of jammed him up during the restart queue, nearly ran into the back of Yuki on that deal. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, despite the reprofiling of the circuit, Mick said there just wasn't a large amount of passing opportunities right. out there. So yeah. yeah. Tough. All right. Well, that's what we think of how they finish, but we do hand out awards on a race review podcast. The first one is Move of the Race. All right, Paul. Move of the Race. Who was it? I got to give it to Williams. For that's move who with, I gave it to. Yep, with Alex Albon. Yeah. I mean, you know, doing something dare to be different, they did. I mean, last yeah. time we saw something like this, I think, was the Sauber and where it went the whole race except for the last lap back in the. Bridgestone days when yeah, the tires yeah. were just so solid they could beat them up all day long, yeah, and uh, yeah. so it was interesting how they worked their strategy. I actually thought Magnussen might have been doing it earlier yeah. when he was going so long. I think, yeah, I think he might go really close to the end. I, did, yeah. I wasn't even paying attention to what Album was doing, and but yeah, strategy worked, man. Got a yeah. point. Important, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that's who I picked too. All right, next award is Donkey the Race. We'll do it live. All right, Paul. Who'd you have for I, Donkey? I got to give Carlos Carlos Sainz disaster of a weekend with implications that are going to reverberate. Yeah, certainly hey, the next few happened? races. What happened? Yeah, that's that's brutal. I gave mm-hmm. it to Vettel. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that was a bad weekend. Yeah, bad weekend. He definitely then. wants to forget. Yeah, they're for like, sure. yeah, you know, sir. We d- Where's oh, where's that uh, next two year contract, fellas? Oh, yeah. ooh, we yeah, forgot yeah. to pack it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Mm. All right, final word is drive the race. Down. Yes. All right, drive of the race, Paul. I think you and I are in agreement on this. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Albon. Me too. Yeah. Great drive. Yeah. Great drive. And it and it would be different. If he was just trundling around, there was a ton of attrition. Mm-hmm. And I understand there were a couple cars out. But the telltale sign for me was that he was putting in competitive lap times when he was running up in seventh, you know? Yeah, and those while were preserving old the tires. Tires yeah. while preserving those tires, mm-hmm. right? Uh, just a great drive from Alex. So happy for yeah. him. That was a fantastic result. So it that's really who was. I'm giving it to. All right, let's do some mailbag. You've got mail. First up, Peter asks, I do have a question for you and the international. I've been fascinated by the issues of Merck uh, and all the teams uh, of all the teams uh, having this year, the porpoise issue, uh, much more noticeably on on them than any other team. I really feel like they should have an a- had an answer by now, but they do not at this point. Um, to my engineering mind and from a distance, I only see what I can. The Merck is running their zero pod design uh, where the rest are not. Could it be as simple as stubbornness that is going uh, that is 
going to work. Uh, could it be the reason others can't control this effect? I imagine the pods do help improve some downforce and airflow in the uh, in the ground effects, or is it that they believe being that they are at the top of the rest at the moment, when they do solve these issues, the zero pod then will, you know, put them back at the top again. Mm. So, you know, sort of to paraphrase Peter here, he's saying, you know, are they just so doggedly anchored in on that zero uh, side pod thing? Um, you know, should they change yeah. it to see if it cures it? <laughs> Well, the problem is, it's not that easy to change. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah, right. how do you change the philosophy of a, a car you design? You spent probably a year and a half in the design room and then say, yeah. oh, well, that didn't work. Well, let's do something different. They can't do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, they can't do it in just with logistics, but they also probably can't do it financially. Right. Um, well, yeah. Yeah. You've got the cost yeah, they can't go back to last year's car because the rules are so different. They can't use anything from there. So they've they've chosen a path to go down. They believed in this path. Yes, you know, it's not ready to throw the thing on the bonfire after three races. Uh, they're very smart people. They may have found that they maybe didn't get all their calculations right, but I think in theory, they're still believing in their approach to, to the car and that, that they need to solve the issues to get the package to work, not just discard the package and, and rip the paper up and start again. They just, there's just no options to do that. Yeah. So they have to make it work. I'm sure they will make it work. How long it's going to take, we just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. The airflow of that car in Peter, I'm not trying to patronize you. I know you know this, but the airflow on that car starts when the air touches the front of that wing, the front wing. So where that air goes from there is designed as one, you know, airflow unit controlling that air all the way down the side of the car. Changing those side pods would have an impact for sure, but it may not work with the rest of the car, the front wing, the rear wing, the underfloor. It may not give them uh, the effect or even, you know, it, it, they could significantly lose quite a bit of downforce from that, which they don't want to do. So the porpoising is the downforce is working. It's just stalling out, right? And somehow Ferrari have got it to when they get into the braking zone, it instantly grips up and doesn't create that issue where Mercedes is struggling. Um, so, yeah, to Paul's point, it's just not easy to change complete design philosophy of a chassis without mm -hmm. building a whole new chassis, you know? Yeah. And a different design, and with the cost cap, that's that's really tough. It's certainly, so, as extreme as their design philosophy yeah. is different from yeah. the other cars. You know, it's yeah. one thing if their little end plates were a little different, they could switch those out. But the yeah. whole philosophy of this car is radically different. They have to go down this path. Yeah, through this yeah. year. And the good news, I mean, if you're a Mercedes fan, I mean, they do feel like there's a lot of potential in that car. They've just got to figure out how to make it work is kind of yep. their narrative right now. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, let's see. Mr. Jury asks, is it just me or is that uh, or is that new graphic that shows the driver number besides the name the most useless thing ever this year. Conversely, the subtitles under the radio message are brilliant. Uh, what's caught your attention for this 2022 iteration of Liberty Media's presentation? Yeah. And I guess Paul and I were talking about this before we started recording. I don't think either of us have noticed anything about the graphics. and Which, which is probably a good thing, right? It's probably a good thing because yeah. if I was noticing it, that's probably a problem. So if mm -hmm. it's going smoothly and I'm not registering anything in my head, like, you know, 
Botas only has 3% tire left, you know, and he's like, he's only been on this for eight laps. What, what are you talking about? You know, it's that's only the left front. Thing. Yeah, it's yes. only the left front. The other three are in the green. It's like, yeah. what? Wait a minute. So, yeah, I mean, if I'm not noticing it, that's probably a good thing, right? Yeah, because we, we, we definitely haven't been quiet to uh, voice our displeasure at a lot yeah. of these moves they've made with, you know, the strategy calls and he's got 44, no, 42% chance of passing and yeah. all these things, especially the, the tire life and everything was just really ir irritating um, yeah. and, and wasn't based on any real true facts. And I don't know where they would have pulled those facts from, even if they were. So uh, yeah, because nothing's annoying me, I'm figuring it's probably safe. Yeah, that they've made some progress. Right. Yeah. The only other thing I would say is that little graphic that shows two drivers compared in one specific turn, showing yeah. where they break off throttle, on throttle, and then who's quicker out of that turn. Yeah. I guess my only my only thought there is is they're like showing Lewis Hamilton versus Max Verstappen in turn five or whatever, and you look at it and think. Okay, well, Lewis is currently running in fourth and Max is out of the race, <laughs> or Max is running in second. What I really want to know is what the leader's doing versus the guy who's following, right? Yeah, yeah. Or if Max was running in second and Lewis is down in fourth, I'm not really as concerned about that as I am who's on Max's tail, right? Or who's gaining between those real tight battles. Uh, and in this race in particular, where is Charles getting such dominant pace and mm -hmm. clawing out a 10, 8, 10 second gap, right? That's yeah. what I want to see. I, I mean, I think it's pretty interesting. I mean, when, when you go through data and race cars and you're analyzing yeah. yourself against your teammate, they're really the things you're looking at. So well, then do it of, for Lewis and George. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know where they're, yeah. how they're extracting that information on the fly, quite honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not um, sure. So well, I, I it's, you think know, it's AWS. interesting, but it's also you can't take it as written because there's different contexts on yeah. tire life and where they're doing and wh where the car is built and right. where where the car makes its speed rather than just analyzing a corner and you're not analyzing a driver. You're analyzing yeah. how that car's working with that driver in, in it and the pluses and minuses, uh, you know, cars make speed at different parts of the track, some in the yeah. fast corners, some in the slow, some on the straight. Right. Yeah. Right. Some in different sectors, you know, who knows, yeah. but you're right. Different straights, different corners. Uh, you're right. Uh, let's see. Uh, C squared. Oh, eight asks now that we are three races into the season, which driver in your opinion is most likely to be replaced next year based on talent and performance. Mm. Likely, <laughs> likely to be replaced. Yes. Oh, Mm. Oh boy. Well, I, I would have to say Latifi, but I don't, he's not there because of his pace <laughs> to some yeah. degree. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he's kind of gone downhill a little bit. He was, he was, he, uh, he's, he was learning. Then he seemed fairly decent. And he did. this year he's just having a disaster. Yeah. Quite disaster. Honestly. Yeah. 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 No, nothing's good's come out of that. I don't, that I don't so know far. what the contract is. I could see at risk, I could see Yuki. Mm -hmm. I could be controversial. Vettel. I would say Vettel. Yeah. 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 I don't know how long his contract, if he's got another year after this one or if this is the last year. I thought this is the last one. They were looking to see if he was going to do it. They were hoping yeah. that he was going to be there for another two years. I'm not sure. I don't know, things. man. He's yeah. not cheap. And you got He's, Lance there. You could pick up. You saw what you could do with Hulkenberg. You could. I mm -hmm. don't know. I think maybe Vettel. Yeah. 
yeah. if things don't turn around this year, <laughs> I don't see, I see another that. two years. Let's say that. I don't either. Yeah, yeah, I don't either. So, um, uh, if I was Lawrence, I'd probably jettison that and pick up Pierre if I could get him. If I could get him, yeah. yeah. If you could get him, yeah. Yeah. Which so, is... yeah, it's a big if. Yeah. 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 So there you have it. All right. Well, that is the end of the mailbag. That's the end of the podcast. But you can tell us your opinion by going to theparkformay.com. Share your opinion. Just do it with decorum and civility, as always. Please. No personal attacks. Yes, I get enough of those in my email and social media. I don't need them on my own website. Um, and... If you like this podcast, go over to Apple, uh, iTunes, give us some love, give us a good rating over there, share it with your friends, tell everyone you know about it. And also, um, I had someone email me and they, they, and it's, you know, it's a fair point. They're new to Formula One. They've been watching now for a year or two. Uh, they stumbled on our podcast, unfortunately, started listening to it. Um, but they, We've been doing this podcast since, well, the website since 2005, the podcast since 2007. We've got over 800 episodes in aggregate of all the podcasts we've done. Mm. Um, and the criticism, and I'm taking it on board, I, I totally, and I appreciate you telling me this, was that, you know, I'm paraphrasing here. Basically, we've become very comfortable in who we are and our role, but for new people, they don't quite understand all of our jokes and the sound bites and what the history is and and mm. our sayings and phrases and like magic eight ball shake 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 they don't get all that right so we're very comfortable in who we are because we've been doing it for so long yeah. and for us every podcast to explain our inside joke and everything would patronize the hell out of longtime listeners which we don't want to do mm -hmm. so here is an open invitation. I will try one of these podcasts, Paul, you and I and Grace need to come on and just, re, you know, explain who we are, you know, what we're doing, why we've been doing this, some of the funny things right. that have happened over get to meet all the these years. Yeah, get to meet the neighbors. It's like next door app, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so anyway, and we, we do need to do that. And But in the meantime, for any of you new listening to the podcast, if you have any questions, by all means, send me an email. I'm happy to answer some of these or try to explain this. It, you can send me an email at tpf at theparkforme.com. Feel free to send me an email and we'll try our best to answer those. We're not trying to alienate you by any stretch of the imagination. We're not being, we're not trying to be sort of high-handed and ha-ha insiders club or anything like that. It's just mm -hmm. that we've been doing it for so long. Um, so when I say barf one, you know, Paul instantly knows what I'm talking about. Um, so anyway, um, so there you go. Send us an email. Also, huge thank you to our Patreon supporters. I could not and would not do this podcast. Paul wouldn't even associate with no. me if it wasn't for you guys. Right. <laughs> um, and so thank you so much to our Patreon supporters. We really appreciate it. And all you do, Paul, I am, it must say, absolutely elated for your win at Long Beach. It's awesome. Yeah. Good things to come. And uh, I'm super excited. And we'll be back talking around Imola, Ferrari's home race, Paul. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a long season, right? Um, yeah. Formula One, you know, we've, like us, we've, some of the teams have had some disasters first couple of races and there is a chance to turn them around and uh, yeah. i'm hoping that's what happens with my team we're doing everything we can so i know yeah. 
that in the McLarens and the Mercedes and the even the Aston Martin Formula One teams, everyone's working just as hard as everybody else to try and turn their seasons around. So yeah, be interesting evolution as the season goes on. Absolutely. And if you're new ish to the podcast. Just to reiterate, you know, Paul is the sporting manager of the Harder Racing uh, Aston Martin team in IMSA, uh, sports car racing here in America. Uh, but on our website, if you go down midway under other racing, you'll see the interviews that Paul does with uh, several of the team members, including oh, yeah, his dear right. friend Ian James. So check those out because they're terrific uh, if you want to learn more about that team and what they're doing and their cause at Heart of Racing, yeah. which is terrific. So check that out. And and then next week, I will find Grace, and we will do this all over again. Until that time, this is Todd, a.k.a. Negative Camber, saying so long. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. I don't really feel I've got to prove at all. I, I, don't think I, I don't really want to prove anything. I started as an amateur not, uh, with no idea or no intention of uh, becoming world champion. It was, I was curious to find out um, what it was like to drive a car fast, to drive on a certain circuit, to drive a certain type of car.